Coming up, an inspiring project started from a tragedy. A kettle campaign's return. The time for Christmas treats is now. And time for you to keep your eyes on the road more than ever. All this and more today on At Humber. Anne-Mary D'Amico lost her life at the tragic Toronto event attack in 2018. However, her family is keeping her memory alive by helping others with the Anne-Mary D'Amico Foundation. Every year on Anne-Mary's birthday, December 3rd, they throw a fundraising event, Turtle Project. I spoke with Nick D'Amico, brother and the president of the Anne-Mary D'Amico Foundation to learn about this year's event. It's been over three years since that horrible event in Toronto that we all remember so well. How has that tragic event changed you and your family's life? Well, I mean, when you have a, a member of the family that's taken away from you, it definitely changes your dynamics and definitely there, there is that, that void that's forever, forever there. Holidays aren't aren't quite the same like they would have been and celebratory occasions are never, you know, quite the same as they always were. And we've we've tried to kind of fill that void as much as possible through the foundation and trying to really create this legacy and keep her spirit alive within us and keep her spirit kind of helping others. So I would say that's been what we've been trying to uh trying to accomplish with this, keep her alive with us and keep her moving moving forward with us. How did Anne Mary D'Amico Foundation started? It started basically we, we wanted to do something in her name. It started with the, the Turtle Project event on her birthday and it's you know said why don't we instead of just hosting an event, why don't we raise money uh, and become a charity and, and raise funds for worthy causes and for other charities. So that's kind of got everything going. We want to do something good for others. We want to do something good in her name. So let's start the, a charity in her name. And where did the Turtle Project name come from? So Turtle was my, my sister's nickname. My my grandfather gave her the nickname when she was a kid. She was maybe five or six. She was just taking too long to eat dinner. So he called her Tartaruga, which means turtle in Italian. This is the second event of the Turtle Project. Can you tell me about this year's program? Yeah, so it's the the atmosphere and the um, the general vibe will be will be similar to 2019. We have different performers, so essentially it's going to be a variety show. We've got uh, up and coming Canadian talent such as Ralph, uh, Crash Adams, and Posey, and we have uh, comedian Frank Spadone and uh, magician Ray Chance Magic and. Uh, North Fire Circus and performing with LED lights and kind of doing this dance performance with LED lights and it's just really going to be something for everybody. It's like it's a family affair and, and there's 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 something there that everyone can enjoy. So we want to just have an evening where we can just have all these acts tied together and kind of keep moving moving along in the evening and everyone just really enjoying themselves. It's beautiful. You're keeping her memory alive with this like entertainment that everyone just can enjoy. It was kind of who she was as a person. She kind of had enjoyed everything so we just kind of said let's let's find something that can bring something to everyone and and mary miko foundation is currently working to raise one million dollars for the north york women's shelter how close are you to that call how can people contribute we were past the halfway point um we were, we were five hundred thousand uh about a month and a half ago we've definitely we've definitely passed that now we hope we can hit our goal by the end of next year, that would be, if we can hit that, that would be an absolute success. But if people want to get involved, they can first 
purchase a ticket to the event, to the, to the Turtle Project, and come join us on December 3rd. That would probably be the best way because all the proceeds are going to the foundation. And on top of that, you get an opportunity to really, really enjoy a fabulous evening. But if you're not able to make it, you can always make a donation through our website, um, uh, DomicoFoundation.org. So the, you can make a donation at DomicoFoundation.org if you want to see more about the event, Turtle Project, DomicoFoundation.org slash events. And how would your sister feel about this foundation? I think she would be so proud. I think this is right up her alley. She was a humanitarian herself, and she did things with her whole heart to help other people. And I think the fact that we've set a goal for a million dollars, I think she would be very, very touched and very honored and, and would, would have been a part of it because she liked to shoot, shoot big. She liked to make, you know, do as much as she could and, and do, and do big things. And even after the million dollar goal we reach, I know she would say we still have more work to do. We still have more women and children to help. So I don't think it'll, it'll stop there, but she would definitely be very supportive and very thrilled to be a part of it. I'm sure she would, like you said, be so proud about what you are doing and how people are reacting to it as well. Yeah, it's been, it's been so, it's been so encouraging to see people's reactions to it and a lot of positive support from, from anyone we talk to. That, that makes us feel uh, very motivated to do more. She seems, she's alive within us and, and, and around us because of this. It's, it's an interesting, interesting feeling. That was my conversation with Nick D'Amico, brother and the president of the Anne-Marie D'Amico Foundation, talking about the Turtle Project. Still to come, the Salvation Army and their struggles over the last year. Get your Christmas tree before it's too late. And how CAA can help you on the roads this winter. This is at Humber on 96.9 Radio Humber. I'm Milligamish. Stay with us. Did you know that your death has the power to save up to eight lives? Right now in Ontario, over 1,500 people are waiting for a life-saving organ. Every three days, one of them dies waiting. The good news is that you can help. In just two minutes, you can register to be an organ donor and tissue donor and help save lives. Register today and join your fellow Canadians in becoming a donor nation. Together, we can all make a difference, even after we die. Visit BeADonor.ca to register or learn more. You know how it goes. Jack and Sarah in a world of their own. Cindy spends the night texting. Jeff's up for a good time. Oh, and Greg does the rolling. And the driving. See, Greg doesn't drink. But did you know that drivers impaired by cannabis or other drugs post the same dangers and face the same penalties as those impaired by alcohol? License suspension, criminal record, fines, even jail time. Plan ahead. A message from Arrive Alive Drive Sober, sponsored by Desjardins Insurance. What part has punk rock played in your life? Let me save my life. Hey, Radio Humber listeners. I'm Jason Schurz, and punk rock saved my life, too. On Screen Therapy, I'm joined by punks who tell their own stories of living with mental health conditions and how the punk scene supports them. Listen to Screen Therapy right here on Radio Humber, 96.9 FM, Thursdays and Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. I'm Hannah Clark. When you think of Christmas time, what do you think of? If you get the Salvation Army, you are correct. The Salvation Army's infamous kill campaign has come to a halt last year due to the pandemic. But now for this year, they are making a comeback. 
I speak with Glenn Van Gulak, the Divisional Secretary for Public Relations for the Salvation Army's Ontario Division, based in Ottawa. How has the pandemic challenged you and things like the Kettle Campaign? Yeah, well, as you can imagine, uh, everyone, everyone's been struggling over this last year and a half in different ways. You know, we all have a different journey uh, to where we are today, and we all have a future that we're, we're looking towards, hopefully a brighter future. But, you know, as we've, as, as the Salvation Army, as we've been responding to individuals coming to us in need, we've pivoted. We've had to adjust how we deliver programs and services in order to both follow the guidelines that have been established by the provincial government and local health units, of course, but also make sure that we're meeting individuals who are coming to us, uh, needing supports, many of them in crisis, uh, some, for the very first time, having to ask for help. Uh, we've had to adjust how we do things in order to best serve people where they're at. You know, over the last year, we've seen an 11% increase in those coming to the Salvation Army for support. And and that's that's a challenge. That's, uh, that's a, a significant increase when we look at, you know, over 2 million people in the country uh, seeking support. That's a large jump, and it only strengthens our resolve to support individuals and families who come to us every day. Um, but I think, you know, as we look at the Christmas kettle campaign, uh, we've had to be innovative around that as well. Last year, we weren't able to have our kettles out as often as we uh, as we once had uh, in some places in lockdown. But this year, we've got uh, all of our kettles out, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to keep them out right through until the 24th of December. But we've also added, you know, contactless donation option, tip tap. Uh, at each of our kettles to make it possible for people to support the work of the Army uh, through their you know, credit or debit card. And then people can also go online, salvationarmy.ca, to make a donation there. And so you're definitely anticipating things to be easier for this Christmas than last year. Well, you know what? One of the things I think we've all learned is we anticipate for things to be better, but we also know we must prepare for the inevitable or sometimes prepare for some things to not be as good as we had hoped. And, and so that's why, you know, the Salvation Army is always making sure that our programs and services are, are ready to be accessed by anyone, uh, no matter what. And we've been able to keep our doors open throughout COVID. As we look at the kettle campaign this year, yeah, we are very hopeful that the campaign is going to be run uh, much much easier this year with uh, restrictions being lifted. Of course, staying safe and masking up all of our volunteers, uh, following guidelines at the local grocery store to make sure that people are safe. But we do we do look forward to a successful campaign this year, just like it was last year, Despite all of those challenges, we've got a very generous community that supports the work of the Army every single year. And for, say, cities like Toronto, with mm. so many people in that area, how many people have and are benefiting from Salvation Army at this time of year? Yeah, I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of individuals and families that are coming to Salvation Army locations in, in Toronto, in the GTA. Um, the Salvation Army has over 25 different locations just in the, the city of Toronto, but as we look more broadly, community and family supports are, are present in almost every community within on, uh, within Ontario, you know, right through the GTA, all the way to Windsor, across to Ottawa, and up into Thunder Bay, everywhere in between. And so we do expect people to be coming out um, and, and seeking support. It's one of those things that as we approach the holiday season, we want to make sure that everybody has access to supports if they need them. Uh, we've seen a lot of people struggling with job loss, maybe reduced hours, the cost of inflation with food costs going up, gas prices going up. And those, those things all contribute to the challenges of balancing the checkbook uh, at the end of the month, having enough to get through to the end of the month. And so that's why the Salvation Army is there, to meet people where they're at, and be able to provide supports no matter where they're from or what circumstance they find themselves in. You did say earlier that you are anticipating things to get better from here. Mm -hmm. It's been where it doesn't, and the pandemic 
somehow gets worse from where we are now. What's the hope then for next year? Well, you know what? If things don't get as as good as what we would hope for, and what and what our our public officials are telling us, things are trending towards. Uh, you know, the Salvation Army will always be there. We've been here for uh, 157 years. The Salvation Army has had its doors open for all that time here in Canada. Almost 140 years next year. Uh, we'll be uh, celebrating 140 years here in uh, the province of Ontario, actually, but in Canada. Uh, and the Salvation Army, you know, will keep its doors open. We'll continue to serve for as long as we're needed. Uh, it's, it's one thing that people have come to count on the Salvation Army for when they're in crisis. Uh, they know they can pick up the phone or go to one of our locations, and someone will be there uh, to support them. And so that's that's what we'll plan for, uh, you know, if things don't get better. But, of course, you know, it's Christmas time. We're hopeful. We're hopeful for what is coming. We're hopeful for a, a very happy, wonderful holiday season, um, hopeful for some, some great supports um, for families and individuals who are struggling. Uh, and the Salvation Army uh, will continue to be there for everyone that comes to us. That was my conversation with Glenn Van Gulak, the Divisional Secretary for Public Relations for the Division Army's Ontario Division, based in Ottawa. Speaking of Christmas, Hannah, what kind of a tree person are you? Artificial or real Christmas trees? Well, I do like having a real tree, you know? Well, then you might want to get one soon, because just like last year, there is a Christmas tree shortage this year as well. And if you have any questions like what tree is the best, will I be able to get the tree I want, how do I take care of it, and what do I do with it after Christmas, at Humber reporter Michaela Barbogan spoke with Shirley Brennan, Executive Director for Christmas Tree Farmers of Ontario and Canadian Christmas Tree Association to answer all your tree needs. So with the pandemic last year, uh, will there be any shortages this year for Christmas trees? So there are the same sort of issues that we had last year, um, but it's not necessarily tied to the pandemic. So we did see more people come out last year, and part of that was due to people staying at home and not traveling. So we do expect that there will be some people that aren't traveling due to still having some restriction. So we do expect to see those people come out as well. But we also expect it to, to see multi-generational families that are, are coming out um, and have been coming out for years. And then we're seeing new Canadians that want to embrace this tradition that Canada has and coming out to our tree farms. What are some of your best sellers? So fir trees are the uh, best sellers. Everybody wants a Fraser fir. And so when this shortage started a couple of years ago, it was for Fraser fir. Fraser fir was the one that we were having difficulty uh, being able to get or grow. Part of the reason with that is because it's a slow-growing tree. So to get it to be an, an eight- or nine-foot tree that is premium for selling, it takes about 12 years. So some of the other firs will take about 10 years. So there's a huge amount of fir trees, and they're the ones that have softer needles, and they retain their needles better than a spruce or a pine. And that's one of the things that we are recommending to people. Step out of your comfort zone this year. If you can't get that fir tree, then try some of the other species in the spruce family or in the pine family, and just be creative or... Look at having a tabletop tree this year. We've listened to our consumers. And with urban sprawl and the houses being smaller, 
there's not a lot of space for a huge, full, you know, 10-foot tree. So you might look at having a smaller tree. How do you maintain a Christmas tree? So um, if you're going to get your Christmas tree now, but you're not going to put it up, then we want you to keep it in a cool, damp place. Um, and we want it, it, you to cover it. So cover it with a blanket or a sheet or a tarp so that it's out of the elements. You don't want the, the wind and the sun to be drying it out while it's, um, before it comes into your home. And then when you bring it into your home, you're going to make a fresh cut on the bottom and put it in water. And you're going to water it every day. And when you water it, you don't want the trunk ever to become higher than the water level. You always want that trunk to be in water. Um, and as long as you do that, you will have your tree for weeks. So when is the best time to buy a tree? Everybody is different, right? We have Christmas tree farms that open last weekend, and we're busy. And we have Christmas tree farms that don't open until uh, the first week of December. So you need to buy your tree when you're comfortable doing it um, or when your lifestyle allows you to do it. You know, from now until... Um, Christmas, there will be people out buying trees, and, and again, it is a personal preference when to buy a tree. As long as you take care of it properly, um, you should have no problem whenever you want to get your tree. After Christmas is over and after everything is said and done, what should people do with their Christmas trees if they don't need them anymore? After Christmas, when you're done, a lot of cities and towns have recycling programs. Um, so find out what your city recycling program is because in uh, various cities and towns, they will take the trees and mulch them and they put them back into the gardens in, in the, the municipalities. We also have uh, places that there's various um, habitat for um, animals that have been hurt that have farms out there that are always asking for Christmas trees. So people can certainly um, drop them off or make arrangements for that type of, of um, a farm. So there's so many programs out there for recycling of real Christmas trees. So it's not just something that you use once and it's done. There's so many other um, programs after the fact to use those trees. That was Shirley Brennan, Executive Director for Christmas Tree Farmers of Ontario and Canadian Christmas Tree Association, speaking with Ad Humber's Michaela Varbrogan. Still to come, the CAA as your secret Santa's border roads. This is Ad Humber on 96.9 Radio Humber. I'm Meligamish. Stay with us. Join me, Jenna Marie, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. for Orange Grove Radio. Discover the music that has shaped the Canadian jazz scene over the last decade and explore emerging artists that are playing into the future of jazz in Canada. Orange Grove Radio, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. on 96.9 Radio Humber. The Employment, Community and Immigrant Services of the YMCA of Greater Toronto Area are open. We're ready to help you find work. We offer employment workshops and one-on-one -on -one counseling, then help you find a job. If you're looking for employment, the YMCA can help at no cost to you. We have centers throughout the GTA near you. To learn more, visit ymcagta.org slash 
find work. YMCA. We'll help you get a job. Hi, I'm Bridget Yard. I'm a staff writer at Humber College, always searching for the next story for Humber's new site, Humber Today. We publish student stories, announcements, event coverage, special features on innovative programs, and more. Head on over to find fresh new stories every week. Get informed and maybe even inspired at humber.ca slash today. You can also catch the Humber Today update right here on Humber Radio every Friday at 4. I'm Hannah Clark. Hey, Melly. How do you feel about driving her riding on the road at this time of year? Even though I don't drive, it can be quite scary with the bad weather and short days. Those are some good points. Fortunately, though, the CAA has you covered, offering tips to ensure you stay safe this winter. Here again is at Humber reporter Michaela Verbruggen speaking with Nadia Matos, media and public relations consultant for CAA Central, S- South Central Ontario, tells us some tips, starting with an emergency roadside bag. So in the winter time, it's going to look a little bit different than it does in the summertime. But an emergency kit will have things like shovel, a blanket, some candles, um, you know, some non-perishable food items, you know, perhaps some battery charger cables or some ties and bottles of water. So that's what we recommend. You can buy one in one of the CA stores or at any other automobile store uh, around town, but you can also just make one with things around home if you're stranded or you're uh, waiting for someone to come, like roadside, to come and help you out. What is the difference between normal tires and winter tires? So normal tires or all season tires, as we call them, don't have the same gripping abilities that winter tires do. It's a, a compound in the tire called silica, and that actually allows uh, the winter tire to grip to the road better. If you're using all season tires, they get hard uh, in the winter time when the temperature reaches below seven degrees Celsius. So we always recommend using winter tires because it just has more flexibility, and that way you'll have more control when you're driving on our winter roads. How do people know when they should change their tires? When the temperature reaches below 7 degrees Celsius, it's a good time to change your winter tires. So we've been telling people over the last few weeks, change your winter tires because winter weather is coming sooner than you may realize. How do you check your car battery and what are some of the signs that it needs to be changed? We always recommend to check your car battery when you're putting on your winter tires. So if you're getting a mechanic uh, to change your tires, it's a good time to ask them, hey, can you check our batteries or your battery? You know, uh, the average car battery only lasts about three to five years. As well, the extreme temperature fluctuations, that has a role to play in how long your battery will last. So. If your battery is on its way out, you'll hear clicking, grinding noises, the headlights may dim or flicker on and off, and even the most newest car battery will lose about 30% of its power on one of the coldest winter days. What are some tips for safe driving? So on a winter day like today, we, uh, we actually reinforce something we call the three Ps, which is plan, prepare, and patience. 
For planning, you want to plan your route and ensure that you understand the weather conditions. Oftentimes in Ontario, where depending where you live, the weather can change. You can leave in the morning and it be some light flurries, and by the afternoon it could be freezing rain. So you want to make sure that you are aware of the weather conditions, that you're planning, and um, that you're also staying on the main road because a lot of the back roads may not always be well plowed during winter storms. And if you can, carry your CAA wallet, the key, your CAA card in your wallet, and if you have a CAA membership, make sure that you have it with you. When it comes to patience, you really want to respect the old man winter. Always stay focused and drive accordingly. That means adjusting your speed when necessary, making sure that you leave plenty of time before you go out on the road so that you don't have to be rushing. You want to avoid using overdrive or cruise control and focus all of your attention on being in control in your vehicle. If you're stranded and you feel unsafe, call 911 for assistance. Turn on your hazards, make your vehicle as visible as possible. And if you feel like you can and you're safe, then you obviously want to call your roadside assistance if you have some uh, and then uh, deal with the situation as at hand. What is the most common mistake made by drivers in the winter? I think the most common mistake made by drivers in the winter is not leaving enough time. That's not leaving in enough time to brush off your car from all the snow, to ensure that your vehicle is properly fueled and topped up. You may be running out of time in the morning and thinking, oh, I I, I need to get out as soon as possible, but you have a layer of thick ice on the car and then you're behind by five or ten minutes which makes you take some unnecessary risks on the roads and so we always recommend people it's winter time stay on top of the maintenance of your vehicle make sure your car is always fully fueled so the the, the fluids are uh, also topped up that once again was at humber reporter michaela verbruggen speaking with nadia metos from the caa That's it for Ad Humber for December 1st. Our technical producer is Noah Skanga. I'm Meligamish. And I'm Hannah Clark. Ad Humber is produced by students of the journalism and radio broadcasting programs on 96.9 Radio Humber.